Welcome to the Rory Rumpack. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have a great interview for you guys today with Coach Trevor D'Amico. He is the assistant coach for boys basketball at Exeter West Greenwich High School, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI Sports Focus podcast. We will deep dive into our local high school, college, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. On today's show, I welcome on a very special guest. He is Trevor D'Amico. He's the assistant coach for Exeter West Greenwich Boys Basketball Team. Trevor, how are you today? Hey, Jeff. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing really well. How are you holding up during these times? I'm good. I'm good. Everything's uh, going well with us. Uh, well into 2021, but I did want to say I appreciate you having me on. I love the podcast. I love what you're doing for the state of Rhode Island. Uh, it's been cool to hear everyone else's stories. So I hope to inspire someone out there. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you for reaching out. I really appreciate it. It's always welcome. And, you know, I'm glad that, you know, like I had mentioned before, when we first spoke on the the EWG uh, staff thing that I think EWG is very lucky to have you and your coaching staff um, together. Um, You seem like you guys seem great. And this is I'm very excited to hear your story and, uh, you know, playing basketball and everything growing, growing up and everything like that. So it should be great. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. No problem. Uh, so I want to get into it, you know, into your basketball career. Uh, when did you start playing basketball and how did you really get into it? Yeah, so I can't really remember life before basketball. I think I started about six years old in, in rec league and in, in Coventry. You know, I was super fortunate um, that my parents got me in, um, you know, drove me to practice, drove me to games. I had two older brothers were all about a year apart. So as you can imagine, running around between a lot of different sports. I think I played soccer, baseball, played a year of football. So um, super fortunate for that, super fortunate for Coventry and, and really privileged that they had a rec league that I think gave me so much experience early on, you know. That's awesome. That's great. And what was it like, you know, growing up with two brothers? Did you guys have a lot of competitions with each other and play good basketball against each other a lot? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, everything was a competition. I feel like, you know, you're fighting for the driver's seat every single time. Um, yep. <laughs> you're just, uh, you know, every single day you're, you're fighting over something. But, you know, something that we had, which has, has changed a lot in my eyes, was we used to ride our bikes around our neighborhood in Coventry all the time. And, you know, you play pickup tackle football with kids who are bigger than you. And, and uh, you know, I definitely... I wouldn't say I'm as tough as my brothers, but I was the youngest. So I definitely, uh, you know, got beat up quite a few times, but it's always nice to know people have your back and, and uh, love those schoolyard days back in the day when we could just, you know, be out in the neighborhood with the rest of the kids. So those were the days. Those were a lot of fun. I remember those days. I remember just going around <laughs> a different school, like elementary schools or the backyards and playing basketball with other kids or taking a group of friends that go somewhere else. Those were the fun, fun days. <laughs> yep. You fall and, and bust your knee or something. You get home, your parents don't really care. They're like, go wipe it off. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it seems like such a long time ago, but those little lessons you never forget, you know? Yeah, exactly. It, it's crazy. It toughens you up in the end of the day, but it, it does. It does. Um, was there a player like when you were playing basketball or even any sport, was there a guy that really you idolized growing up and wanted to be like? 
I feel like every team I played on in the beginning of my career, I was always number 23. You know, I just think it wasn't even, you know, like an MJ thing. It was just, I want to be the best player on the team. I really think that's what it was. Like, I want people to know that I'm the guy, you know? Yeah. So I feel like I was always number 23, but I idolize teams. I think still to this day, I idolize teams and coaches more than I idolize players. Um, I do think like I look at that New Jersey Nets team with like a Jason Kidd, a Kenyon Martin, Richard Jefferson, um, what the Detroit Pistons, like Ben Wallace, big tough, like Chauncey Billups, like played great defense. Um, the Spurs, like I, I just love team basketball the way that it was played growing up. And, you know, that's always the way that I tried to play basketball was I'm going to do what I have to do for my team. If I, you know, have to go out and score 20 points, I will, if I, if I can score two and we win, that's all I care about. And to this day, that's still all I care about, you know? That's awesome. I think that's a great mentality too. And I think those are all those teams that you had said, like oh, those brought back some serious memories, right? <laughs> right there. Yeah, the losses, the Richard Hamilton's, the Chauncey, but the Detroit Pistons team was so tough. Defensively, and it's funny. They, now, yeah. Now we see these guys coaching, you know, like a Steve Nash coaching, you see Jason Kidd and, you just remember like what team guys those were, like what leaders they were and not that they were the, I don't think they were the top scorers on their team, but um, just like how hard they played every night and how they had their teammates back and how they just had to do what they did to win, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. And it's funny. I think actually Billups and Duncan are coaching as well too. Like it's like, are they? Yeah. I think Duncan might be like on the Spurs staff or uh, helping out in some sort of way. And I think Billups went with, he went with someone, I don't know if it was a college or something, but he went with someone, but those guys were all like, like you said, they're all team guys. And it's crazy how like it translates to on the court or coaching wise. Yeah. I would, I would not be surprised if those types of guys are coaching, you know? Yeah. So, and I, I still think to this day, I love, you know, LeBron gets a lot of hate. I, I don't get into the conversation. Who's the best player of all time, but to not appreciate like what that guy has done and where he's come from, to think he came straight from high school and you've never heard any issues with him off the court. He's never been in trouble. He's never done any scandals. Um, you know, just to see him creating a school, the things that he's done on and off the court is it's amazing. And he's used his platform to make the world a better place. And, you know, I think his kids have, have given him that view on life and, you know, it's just great to see, honestly, what that guy's done on and off the court for kids everywhere. Yeah, it's true. And I think that, I think he's a great, and I, you know, for all the kids I've had on here, they all love LeBron. So I think he's a great role model for those kids. And, uh, you know, for everyone that watches, you know, he, he's a great player. I don't think it's one of those generational players that I don't think we'll ever see. And like you said, what he does off the court is amazing and putting kids through college and pays their mm -hmm. tuition. I think, I don't know how much money he paid this year, but it's crazy. He does great things for the community and gives back. 100%. He married his high school sweet. I mean, you have to respect him. He's just, yeah. he's honestly been, he's been a true role model for a lot of kids out there, you know? Yeah. For true. all the, for all the right reasons. It's good. It's a definitely a good, definitely a good thing that, you know, he's out there and doing those great things and keeping it that way. And it's good for all the kids that are paying attention to mm -hmm. him. So 100%. Uh, yeah, so you so you wore the 23. Did you wear that when you played in high school at Coventry? No, I actually, when I got to high school, I ended up being, uh, I think number five uh, ended up being my jersey. But, um, you know, numbers when you're young, it, it always seemed important. And it, it's just something that throughout my career, my number always changed. But, and even myself as a player, I just changed over the years. I remember when I was young, playing rec league, playing all-stars, the best time of my life playing all-stars with the same guys every single year, um, you know, traveling around the state, people that I still see everywhere today. Um, you know, I, I just think we just work so hard and it didn't matter what the number was, um, but you just try to do the best you can, no matter what, what you're out there to do. Yeah. And what was it like, you know, you played at Coventry High School and you guys make it to state you know, got to the state semis two years in a row, but what was your time playing at Coventry High School? And those guys that you had mentioned that you played at All-Star, did you got all guys play in high school together? And like, what was it like growing up playing with them? Yeah, so I do have to, you know, being on here, a lot of people don't know this. So I started out, um, 
you know, by the time you get to middle school, that's the first school team you're playing on. Right. My seventh grade year, we had a great team. Um, I started as point guard and then we had all eighth graders really. Um, we got into my eighth grade year and I actually got kicked off the team after our first two games. Oh. Um, yeah, it was a huge eye opener for me. And, you know, I, I think a lot of life lessons, you know, they end up making us who we are. So I do want to share that we can make mistakes in life and make the wrong decisions, which is what I did. I actually got kicked off the team for hazing a good friend of mine now, Nate Stitchell. Um, he was a sixth grader and there was another kid, Andrew Gribbins. And it was, uh, you know, I'll never forget it. There was a few of us um, in the same day. We got called to the office after our first two games. Our third game was that day and uh, we got kicked off the team. And, you know, it's funny in 2020, a lot of things were taken from people, right? Basketball wasn't happening. Sports weren't happening. Um, and I learned early on in life that challenges were going to happen, but it's how you come back from them. And so from that time on, you know, I became a freshman at Coventry. My brother was a senior. I remember getting on the bus and the, the seniors are come to the back of the bus time to get hazed. You know, it, that was the culture. Like it was always, you hear about that. And when you watch things in the NBA, you know, the same stuff was happening, but it's not to say that it was right. You know? Yeah. Um, so I got to Coventry my freshman year. I ended up swinging. My brother was a senior um, you know, all of his buddies, a couple of kids quit throughout the year. The culture of the team was just, we we're having issues, right? Like there, there was just challenges. So we were in division one that year. I think we won a couple games. Um, so my sophomore year, I ended up starting at point guard, um, my entire season. Um, we made the playoffs for the first time in like 10 years, I think it was, but again, we had dropped down to division two from division one. Um, we lost to East Greenwich in the first round of the playoffs, but I think that year was a huge eye opener for us and what we could accomplish and, you know, really how we're trying to change the team culture moving forward. So our junior year, I don't even think anyone knew we were going to be as good as we were. Um, so again, I, I started that year, um, Brandon DiPaolo, who you had on the show, um, also started, we had a couple of seniors, but Another lesson that I really learned that year is I got voted by my teammates to be a captain on the team as a junior. We had a couple seniors, you know, that you kind of have to, to manage. And early on in life, I felt like this was when, you know, I, I realized that I was a leader because I was voted a captain, but I chose not to be a captain because I felt like it could mess with the culture of our team. And, you know, always in life still to this day, I feel like you can be a leader without having that title, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care. Even to this day, I don't care about being called coach. I don't care about in my job being called a manager. I don't want to be called a manager or a boss. You know, I, I want to be a leader. And so I learned early on that titles don't matter. You can lead by example every day. And I love the fact that my team believed in me and, and that much to vote me to be a captain that year, but I didn't have to be a captain. I, I did what I had to do to, you know, help the team win. Um, I think we went on, we went on a long win streak that year. I want to say like 12 games or something. We went into Feinstein who had won the division three championship, the division two championship, um, with good guys like Alberto Bueno and, uh, who Jarrell Gomes, uh, that were really good. And we went in, I think Jarrell wasn't playing, but we went into Feinstein and won a game. I think the first time Feinstein has lost in in years and they still had a good team without Jarrell, you know, yeah. but that gave us a lot of confidence. We continued our win streak, made a run to the playoffs. Um, we beat West Warwick, our rivals that year, twice. Um, great team, Terrell Sheldon, Bruce Sobers, Ryan Coburn, who I played with at Springfield. They had a, they had a great team, Rich Lazat, Kyle Vinton. Um, so yeah, I would just say we got to the, we won our, first round of the playoffs went to the second round. Um, we saw West Warwick beat Feinstein in the playoffs that year, actually. So the first time Feinstein knew they weren't winning a state championship in, you know, three years. Um, so we go and play West Warwick, our crosstown rivals. Um, CCRI was most packed. I've still to this day, ever seen a game. There was probably over 2000 people there. Wow. You got Coventry, West Warwick, um, and the, you know, that's in Warwick. It's right outside of West Warwick. So that game was 
a game I'll never forget. We went down 20 early and we were down 20 the entire game. We got, we got our ass handed to us. Like just <laughs> they, our crosstown rivals beat us in front of that many people um, to go to the state championship um, where they lost to, I think it was classical that year. Yeah. Um, but that's, it's truly something like I'll, I'll never forget. And, you know, that's when I realized that I hate to lose more than I love to win. <laughs> like that's, and I've carried that with me my whole life. Like I hate to lose, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of people out there who love to win, but I truly just to this day, I still play basketball competing. I hate to lose more than I love to win. And I'll, I'll always feel that. So, I mean, I guess that was a, a long winded yeah. you know, run for, for my junior year, but my senior year, I remember we're going to be good. Like, and I do want to say our travel team, we had won tournaments in all-stars like back in rec league for years. We, we had a great team, but the issue in some of these towns, which you'll see all over the state is we had Ethan Hattoy, our best point guard. He's starting on LaSalle. Um, you know, he, he left us a good friend, um, Ben Drapko. He went to Moses Brown, won a couple state championships there. So we lost two of our top 10, you know, top five players of our class went to other schools. And so you just make do with it. But um, our senior year, we we came in prepared. I remember working out all summer. You know, you'd find me at Payne Field out on the court late at night. Um, I'd be out there in between summer leagues. And after years of being a freshman and being the smallest one out there with my brother and his friends and not getting picked up to, you know, you're running the courts your senior year and all that work that you've put in over the last few years, you finally start to see paying off. So we really had high hopes our senior year. I think we won our, our summer league uh, down in Narragansett. Um, huge momentum. We, we just felt great, you know. Um, we went in. I think we might have lost to your, uh, to your Bulldogs. Oh, Western. really? Yeah, I think we lost to them maybe our first game, or we lost to Narragansett. Yeah. Um, Narragansett had Jay Janot, who ended up being like the Gatorade player of the year that year. Um, Tyler Hoxie, Brendan Kenny, great kids. Mm-hmm. um that I'm still good friends with today so it's it's funny I still hear about it <laughs> um but so we we ran through the year you know we had some ups and downs we lost some games we shouldn't have um and uh yeah we we went to the state semis again and I'll never forget we were up 11 at halftime game plan unlike West Warwick the year before was working um I remember coming out of halftime I got the worst dead leg of my life I went Brendan Kenny, I remember driving to the hoop on a fast break. I cut in front of him, caught a dead leg to the to the thigh, oh. and I was just hurting. And uh, they came back, beat us, um, and I lost two straight years in the Division II semifinals. And believe me, I've never forgotten it. That was the best time of my life playing playing sports, playing high school basketball. And after my freshman year, I, I considered, you know, I was talking to my parents about maybe transferring to LaSalle. But, you know, I don't think I would have played as much. I don't think I would have had as much of an influence on a school. Um, our fans were great. Like some of our friends just, you know, put such an effort in. Brandon Sweeney, you know, put such an effort into our senior year and making sure we had the best fans. It was always crazy. Um, but, yeah, and there's a lot of people, you know, you just look back that invested so much time into you during those years. Um my my phys ed teacher Steve McKenna he's from he's from Narragansett and he worked me out junior and senior year traveled up from Narragansett got there at 6 a.m to Coventry worked me out for two straight years in the gym um weightlifting like just things that teachers don't have to do that you know no one has to do he's never I've never paid him anything he expected nothing in return but that guy you know I was throwing up in the morning before school like I would run back home shower after I worked out go back to school like my body's hurting you know yeah and you just look around and you're like I don't know you just realize at some point like damn I got a different motor you know like not to I don't know you're just like you know I'm different I'm getting up like I'm trying to make I'm trying to make a difference I'm trying to win a state championship I'm trying to you know, give back with the town of Coventry and, and all these people that have invested in me over the years and the, the money my parents spent, put me in AAU and, 
And, uh, you know, to look back, it's I'm so appreciative and so fortunate to have had basketball during that time, you know. And again, who's to say, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes, like I was saying, in middle school. I probably always haven't treated people how I should have treated them. But, you know, I, I hope that when I come across them in the future, or you know, I always hope people can look back and that I have truly like a good legacy around Coventry, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I mean, it sounds like you you work your butt off, but it's, you know, you obviously you guys went pretty far and you're, you're playing in Coventry, making it to two state uh, state semis two years in a row and you worked really hard to get to where you want to be. And then after, like, you know, the whole season's turning over with, how did you decide to go to Springfield and what was your decision to walk on over there? Man, it seems crazy to think back. It's funny. I, I was talking to someone else about this recently, right? Like, yeah, I didn't apply to many schools. I applied to, to I think, URI, in-state, you know, it was the cheapest school to go to. Um, I went and visited Springfield. I met the coach while I was there toward the school, but, like, I didn't really get recruited. I think I maybe applied to Endicott because I knew they were Division Three, but I knew I had unfinished business, right? I was like, I didn't accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. So I got to keep playing. So uh, I get to Springfield and it's funny, you show up to orientation, you know, we're staying there with the team. Hey, what freshmen are trying out? You're staying there with 15 kids and half of them are telling you, oh, I got recruited. I sent in my mixtape to the, the coach and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be on the team. When you get to tryouts, you realize in division three, everyone there just like anything else, you're competing with everyone else, but being recruited to division three, you can't get, you know, you can't get a scholarship. Yeah. So everyone's showing up there. And even though the coach know who like knows who you are, it doesn't mean that you're on the team. So yeah, I yeah. think our team, I want to say had uh, maybe three spots on the varsity team. And we had like a JV team that played like, I don't know, maybe six games in the season um, but you realize that you got to show up and compete because there's only three spots on the team. There's no scholarships. They don't owe you anything. You can say yeah. you got recruited, but you got to come out and earn it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what I did was I did what I always did. I just worked, worked my ass off. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, I, I just always considered myself, like I kept working that whole summer. Um, I do got to talk about too, like from that senior year of going into college um you know my senior year of high school going into college I started working at Harborside in East Greenwich um I started out as a busboy there like making whatever money I could because I wanted to go to school and I wanted to play basketball and knew I wouldn't be able to work during the season so I was super fortunate and privileged to be able to go to school not have to work play basketball still do what I love to do you know yeah. But I knew that in the summer I had to make as much money as possible to support myself and what I wanted to do throughout the school year. Um, so, you know, that teaches you a lot. And I think I say it to people all the time. It, it might sound crazy. I think everyone in the world should have to work in a restaurant for a year of their life. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you learn how to how to appreciate people. You learn how to how to tip. You understand multitasking you understand teamwork like having each other's back like you understand that yeah you're working an eight-hour shift but if it's busy you might have to stay a couple extra hours and help out yeah like to me there's and just how you treat people right like when I go into a restaurant now I never forget what's going on in that kitchen or you know that that server has four or five other tables maybe if it's busy like, you don't know what's going on in the kitchen. It might not be the server's fault. Like, it could be the bartender or the cook's fault. But you yeah. think the server is the face of that business. And so you're going to get upset with that person, right? Yeah. So it's I do think, like, a restaurant, like, just my perspective of it. I ended up working at Harborside for five years. Like, in the summer when I came home from school, I met people who I'm super close with and have just, you know, taught me so much in life that – you know, I have to talk about that experience because I do think that it, it helped me in my basketball career and still to this point in my in my life, like has gotten me to where I am. Um, so anyway, long winded, but we'll go back no, to the, no, you're the college basketball. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's all important now and it all ties in and I know all about the restaurant business. That was like my first job as a sophomore in like high school. And I was like, what did I get myself into? But Where'd you work? 
I worked at, down at the beach at like the seafood haven. I was like a runner. Oh, yeah. I was like, it was just like, it got busy. And like, like you said, you might be working like a six hour, eight hour shift and then you turn out to be like a 10 hour day or 12 hour day. You just can't help it. It's just. Yeah. And, and you just like, yeah. Like I think about like a patties down there. That's what, that's what Harborside was like. Like yeah, I ended up, and I also weren't learned how to maneuver my way. Right. Like I made connections that, that first year I was a bus boy. The second summer I came back, I was a server. You know, I came back and served again. So you learn how to work your way up the ladder. My fourth year there, I'm bartending. My fifth year, I'm bartending. So my friends are coming in on Thursday night, partying, whatever. It's packed. And I'm the one behind the bar working. I came in at, you know, 10 p.m. And I'm working till 2 a.m. Cleaning up after everybody, yeah. serving drinks. like, And then I'm coming back. And working all summer, I did, I would come back and work Thursday, Friday doubles. I would spend 12 hour days, 14 hour days at Harborside working there, just grinding. Like, and my friends are out and yeah, it, it sucked missing the weekends. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. it sucks in college. Like, oh, I don't get to go out and party Thursday night in the summer with my friends Friday, Saturday, but that's sacrifice. Like that's to me, like that's still the difference in my life is you know, I got to see all my friends. They came to where I was working, but on the other side of it, like I was working, I was making money. I was grinding. Like I was doing what I had to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 changed. it you got to make those sacrifices early because later down in life, you can do all that stuff down the line. Yeah. You just don't need yeah, to worry it's about true. it. Like, I think it's hard when you're young to like, you know, you're yeah. in that tunnel vision, like yeah, you're just yeah. seeing, and believe me, like I looked at it, like, Hey, I get the whole school year to party. Like, huh? I'm away. I didn't have to work freshman year. Um, but anyway, so to go back to my freshman year, so I walk onto the team, right? There was a four-year starting senior ahead of me, a thousand-point scorer. Um, and I'll tell you, every single day at practice, I got my ass kicked. Like, every single day. Like, I would go in, I'd have bloody noses. Like, because the bench players in basketball, people don't understand. When you're watching these college teams and high school teams, the bench players are the ones competing against the starters in practice. Like yeah. if, if the bench players aren't playing hard and pushing people to their limits, then your, your starting team isn't going to be that tough. They're not going to face that adversity. Like, and that's why I always talk about, you know, I, I said it on our podcast the other day, like life to me, a lot of things are a competition. And I understand a lot of people don't want to look at it that way, but I compete for jobs with people. Now I competed for those spots when I was at Springfield, like it, I was competing with a, a guy who had been there. And, and so the only way to make people around us better truly is by pushing people to their limits. And a lot of people don't know their limits, right? Yeah. Like, so that's the only way to get people out of their comfort zone is when you raise your standard and you work hard, you're forcing other people around them to have to raise their standard and work harder. Yeah. Like that's what it is. You know, and I think you made a good point about the bench player about the bench, like going against the starters. I actually think there was a kid on Rutgers who recently just came out and said like, don't like, you know, it's not all of us for the success. Thank the guys that are sitting there because they make us better every day. And that's what I think he gave them a lot of credit. Like it was really cool to like actually hear a player say like, it's just not the us starting five, it's those guys that like are sitting there that don't play that like actually compete against us every yeah. day in practice and push us to be better every day. Yeah. And I get it. Like people put that work in in practice and everyone expects playing time. Right. But like, as you get to higher levels, like yes, rec league, everyone's guaranteed time. But as you start working your way up to that high school varsity level, to college, to playing overseas, to playing the best players, a lot of times end up falling down because the standards become different you know like that's life once you once you get to a certain standard like things change like you're not going to be the best but you can always you know your effort is always what what really decides your fate and your outcome yeah, you know it's true so, but um yeah so then I guess you know my my freshman year um I think we had a 500 year pretty good and what was pretty cool actually so my sophomore year I go in again. I'm not guaranteed a spot. I ended up starting my whole sophomore year at Springfield. I think I average maybe three points, three rebounds a game. Um, you'll never hear me really talk about individual accolades. That's just in high school. I got accolades and, but 
at the end of my sophomore year, I got the hustle player of the year on my team. And it truly meant so much to me because the whole reason I started, like I said, I was three points, three rebounds, but I worked harder than everybody. And that's, I wasn't the most skilled. My game had changed over the years. When I was young, I was a three point shooter. That's what people knew me as, right? Yeah. And then as I moved on in high school, I think I averaged maybe 12 points a game. Like I started three years. I didn't score a thousand points. I never cared about points. Like I never will. I cared about winning. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And so when I was at Springfield, it was pretty cool because you had Ryan Coburn, who was a year older than me at West Warwick, who I lost two by 20. Yeah. He was our he was our starting senior. I mean, our starting center, all time leading blocker at Springfield, which was pretty cool. Um, my sophomore year, we had Matt Cavalieri, who graduated in 2007 from West Warwick. Yeah, that um, familiar. Yeah. yeah, he was a our four started at the four. Yeah, ended up being a thousand point scorer. I'll, I'll tell him all the time. I think he was a better college player than he was in high school. But you know, um, <laughs> and then also our buddy uh, Pat Sturdle from Exeter West Greenwich graduated in 2008. Great player, played at CCRI. He transferred to Springfield and ended up playing on the team with us. So it was really cool. You had four of us from Rhode Island, three of us starting on the team. Um, and it was just a great experience. And, you know, a lot of the guys I play basketball with, these guys are still, you know, my best friends. I, I truly think that when you compete with people or against people, your relationships with them become stronger, you know, like Pat Sturdle and I, we competed in high school. Like we still talk about it. He, he's like, Oh, I gave you 40 in this game, you know? And so we do a little back and forth, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think my sophomore year, we probably went, um, what, 15 and 11, I think was our record. So both my freshman and sophomore year, we lost in the semifinals of our conference. Um, One year was to MIT, one year was to WPI, so both great teams. Um, But I mean, to talk about like the experience, I don't know if you've heard of the Hoop Hall Classic. Normally, yeah, normally they do it in Springfield. So since Springfield's the birthplace of basketball, that's where they host it. So we got to work the scores table for all those games. Like you're seeing like Austin Rivers, Andre Drummond, like all these big time kids, right. That played there, Kyrie Irving and Michael Kidd Gilchrist were on the same team. Like, so we got to work those events, which was awesome. And being around that and Victor Oladipo went in the dunk contest back then. And now you see what he's doing now. Like it was such a cool experience and I'm, I'm so grateful and fortunate um, even going into my sophomore year, we got to work with the, uh, I think it was a 16 youth USA team. They were doing a three on three tournament in Singapore. Yeah. So they actually brought them to Springfield in the summer to train and work out. And we got to go and compete against them, which was cool. That's really cool. And so we went, uh, even like a night, they shut down the, um, the hall of fame and we got to like go and practice there and, you know, Nike was sponsoring. So they gave us like shoes and all this other stuff. So man, such, such a great experience being there, being at the birthplace of basketball. It was, uh, no, I'm, I'm truly grateful. Like I, I really am. Yeah. Those are some cool experiences that people can't say that they ever had have had. And, you know, it's awesome that you were able to experience that meet those cool, like meet those players that now play in the NBA and like work those. And that's absolutely wild too. And that's cool that you got to do the three and three stuff that man. So that you sounds like you had a lot of fun, like, you know, great career playing at Springfield. And like you said, you didn't have to average points as long as you guys were winning and doing well, that was the most important. When did you end up transferring out of Springfield and going to URI? So, yeah, I mean, I guess the real question is why, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I left Springfield after my sophomore year, which was one of the toughest decisions that I, like, I think I almost became a man at that point, right? Like I had to make a decision to leave a school that I loved playing basketball and giving that up. Cause I felt like, you know, I had accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I played at the next level. I proved that I could start. I, you know, I just really felt like I, I did what I had to do, you know, and what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, money became an issue. It's a small private school. I got some financial aid, um, but my mom and her girlfriend broke up. I want to say it was around probably middle of my sophomore year and her girlfriend was helping paying for my school. Um, and so I started like seeing payments come through and I'm like, yo, this is delayed. Like, you know, I have always like kept an eye on that stuff. So yeah, yeah. really, 
you know, finances was the main reason I left Springfield and no one told me I had to leave. Like still to this day, no one ever said like you had to leave, but it was a decision that I knew I had to make. I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I felt like someone could fill my role on the team and they could maybe do better, you know, but um, you know, I had to get home and work um, year round and I needed to focus on what I was going to do after college and, and my career as a professional um, so that was a big thing, but, you know, when I transferred to URI, I was super fortunate again, where one of the owners of Harborside had a connection down at Muse Tavern in Wakefield. Yeah, yeah. So she got me a job down there. So during the school year, I was working 20 hours a week. Um, I was doing some other things I probably shouldn't have been doing, but just to get by, I had to do, yeah, um, yeah. I had a couple internships. I worked at somewhere, um, on campus, like a sponsored and cost accounting, and started, uh, you know, working in between classes. They were super flexible. I was making some extra money there. Um, and then like the next summer I was working at a financial advising firm, of uh, financial planning and, you know, making like what, $12 an hour or something. So yeah. in between like, and Harborside, when I came home, I was able to work a little bit later into the season bartending and I was able to do like holiday parties and, and, uh, the owners there took like super good care of me. Um, and we're always like really looking out for me. So you are Springfield was a great experience in my life. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to everybody who got me there and everybody that, you know, financially, um, just invested in me and, uh, you know, I'm grateful to my parents super. And, you know, one of the, one of the big things like in life that I always tell people is, you know, we need to change our environment, right? Like, I'm a first generation graduate, Melissa and I, my wife and I both are, yeah. you know, we're, we're super proud of that. Um, so I had two older brothers, you know, I, I'm the first one to graduate. My parents didn't go to college and, and, uh, you know, Melissa and I talk a lot about that, but I also think like, I want to mention on this podcast that we need to watch with the young generation. Like it's become so accustomed that we ask kids, Oh, where are you going to college next year? What are your plans for college? Like college isn't for everybody. Yeah, and there's no. nothing wrong with that, right? No. Like everyone has their own path, but we mess with kids. I think when we ask them that, and it's unfortunate because we, we put kids in a really tough place and school's super expensive. And I'm not going to sit here and say like college was the best experience of my life. Right. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I got the job I have because of the classes I took and, you know, I, my financials are in a, a certain place because of, because of what I learned in school when I graduated in finance, like college is about the experience. Yeah. When I went to Springfield, it's like, how do you find food? How do you find how to get around? Like, you're not babied, you're doing your own laundry. You're like, there's so many things like the experience of college is, is growing up. It's that transition. In my eyes, it was that transition from high school to the professional world, right? Yeah. But that's not for everybody. Like yeah, no, it's not. people like I didn't love school growing up. I got good grades, but it's because I worked hard. And, you know, I, my parents told me, like, you better do your work and you better do good. But I've been so independent my whole life. I didn't need anyone ever looking over my shoulder. Like I I've been in a place where, like, I know what I need to do. I just need to go and make it happen you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I think that thing, uh, I think you make up a good point with college. I think the thing that we also do, I don't think we also prepare our kids in a certain way for college and anyway, for like how, what they're going to be paying, uh, taking out loans. I don't think they really understand the process of loans and, you know, if we have like a variable loan or a fixed that fixed loan and all that stuff, I think that that kind of is tough too, because if a kid takes out a loan from a private bank, they have a variable and their rate changes. They don't know what they're getting themselves into and stuff like that. And I think that, I think that's also difficult. And I think you make a good point too. You don't have to, we don't have to force our kids to go to college. Like that's the same thing. I'm, I went because everyone told me I had to go. I don't know if I yeah. would ever have gone. I mean, I graduated, I got same thing. I'm in finance as well too on the outside of this. And <clears throat> you know, I, it wasn't for me, but I, you know, I, I still pushed myself and did good grades because I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to, get out of there and <laughs> started a living but the same thing yeah. yeah and that's awesome like I, I didn't know what I wanted to do like how are you supposed to know at that age what you want to do but I just looked at it like so logical where like I'm going to be dealing with my own finances throughout life so why not go to school for finance but 
I can't tell you, like, they don't teach you how to do a lot of things, even though people say to me all the time, oh, you went to school for finance. So you understand stocks and financial, like, no, that's not true. Like you, anyone can teach themselves that anybody, Yeah, you yeah. know, and a lot of people need a mentor. Like I've been fortunate enough, my cousin, Chris, like I've had great mentors in life. Right. But I'm not going to say my parents have taught me about financials. They like, you know, they've looked at things completely different than how I do today. And I've made the sacrifices to, to make that change. You know, we all have that. We all have it in us. Yeah, it's true. It's very, it's very, very true. It's just how you approach it. And, you know, you have the motivation to make those changes and approach it. That's the best way to go about it. Yeah. And I'll never forget, like you or I was just like the grind in my life. Like it, it was just like just years of grinding, like staying in the the library studying, like just, you know, I, I just get in my own world. When I was working at Muse Tavern, I remember I went to the casino with some friends, Mohegan, right? Yeah. We were, I was probably in my senior year. I had to go to Muse Tavern to like clean up the net. They shut down for like a week. They cleaned the whole place. Man, I, I was supposed to stay at the casino. I get back to the room. There was like a fight in the room. Like other people were there. There was, you know, there was a scuffle, whatever. So we get kicked out. So I go back downstairs, I hang out for a little bit, you know, just figure out what I'm going to do. I'm like, all right, I wait a couple hours. I'm like, all right, I'm going to drive to Muse. I'll just go sleep in my car in the parking lot, right? Yeah. I'm on my way home. It, it's probably like, I don't even know, like five in the morning, like four in the morning. And I'm right near URI, right near the Ryan Center. I told my car, like on the way to Muse to clean and wow. like, and something like that, like people need to know that like mistakes happen. Like I'm super, I'm super fortunate. Nothing happened to me. Right. Like nothing happened to anybody else, which was the most important thing probably above all else. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, I showed up at Harborside that day. I didn't show up to Muse. Right. Cause I didn't have a car. My dad came down and grabbed me. We drove back, but I think I went home and napped for like an hour. And then I had to be at Harborside to work. And my manager, I got there. He's like, are you sure you're okay to work? And I'm like, I need to buy a new car. Like, yeah, yeah. No yeah. one's like, yeah, who's going to pay for that? I'm yeah. like, I'm here. Like I'm ready to work, you yeah. know? So that's just like always how, I don't know. That's always how I looked at things, but yeah. And I remember like spring break and stuff. Like I was super fortunate in my sophomore year, my Springfield friends and I got in a van, drove down on spring break, you know? Yeah. Like uh best experience of my life, like senior year, my best friend's mom, like his family has been like instrumental in my life. Like she had points from her credit card where like, help me get a flight. Like I took out a credit card to pay to go on spring break because I'm like, you know, I don't have the money now, but this is probably isn't good teaching for all the kids out there, but it's a good lesson. Uh, <laughs> no, like I'm, I'm like, yo, at Harborside, I'm going to make this money like yeah. this summer, like in, you know, three months, I'm going to make this money at Harborside. So I'm like, I get a no interest credit card. I'm going to go put my trip on there and I'm going to go enjoy spring break. Cause I'm never getting this back. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, and it, it worked out, it worked out. I mean, I thought it through, but I wouldn't recommend that to a lot of people. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Sometimes just people forget about their credit cards or don't pay them. Or anything. But you just learn like leverage, right? Like I was able to leverage that to get an experience that I'll never get again in life. And was it the best decision? Probably not, but it didn't negatively affect me because I did think it through. Yeah, you know? yeah. you're smart about it. So, uh, so man. Yes, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. This is good. This, this is really good. Um, you know, and then what was your time at, like, what was your life like after college, like for you after college, after you or I and everything? And that grind continued. So again, I'll never forget, like when I got to URI, I'm like, I need to get into the business program. When I first got there, they were like, you're not going to be able to get into the business program. And I'm like, why? They're like, you didn't take this class in this class. So I already did two years right at Springfield. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do that. They're like, well, you need like, I forget, like a certain grade point average between the two. I had to take like pre-calc and marketing and get certain grades or whatever. So they, I'm like, crap, what am I going to do? I can't get into business. This is what I want to do here. So I ended up again, like grinding it out, you know, face some adversity, ended up getting what I had to do, getting to the the finance program. And like, ultimately, again, that set me up for, I got a job offer from that financial group that I said I interned with. So they were like, Hey, you can come We'll you know, financial planning, you can do that. 
but then I got an offer from ADP, the payroll company and small business sales. Yep. And, uh, you know, my cousins in sales and whatever. And I was like, I'm going to take this leap, you know, and the financial planners were like, yo, you should, if you can build up a portfolio now, and I had to do an extra semester at Springfield. So I mean, at a URI, so I did four and a half years. So ADP is like, when can you start? And I'm like, I'll start. I think it was a week of new year's. Cause I just got done with school. Yeah. So they gave me an internship. I'm like, crap, now I'm getting out of college. I'm making $14 an hour as an intern. Like, yeah. and I have a college degree, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so I had to prove for, I think it was 10 weeks, three months, maybe of just like phone calls, like getting hung up on every day, making, making calls every day, knocking on doors, like just the grind, man. And, uh, you know, it, it truly, like I ended up getting a job there. I worked there for three and a half years. I ended up getting into like our leadership development program. And I trained people who are still there and are doing better than I was doing when I was there. And I'm super grateful for that. Like, you know, I hope that I had some impact on them to like do as well as they're doing and to change their lifestyle and change what they have. Um, but during that time, like I lived in a 680 square foot apartment paying like $600 a month in West Warwick. Um, I lived like super within my means. Um, and I think during my twenties, I'll tell anybody I spent my twenties investing in myself, which it's to me most important, right? Like we can't pour from an empty glass. If we're trying to help others, we ultimately need to make sure that we're okay before we can do that. Um, and I spent those years just investing in my relationships, which I think is super important. Like friends, like family, like my friends of the world to me, like still to this day. And um, I spent a lot of time in those years, just like going out, partying with my buddies. You're finally making money. Like, um, and I, yeah, I'm super grateful for that. So ADP was, was my experience out of, out of college. And uh, I ended up ultimately getting a job with my company BD now, Beck and Dickinson. Mm -hmm. I got turned down by its medical device sales. I got turned down by, I think seven, seven companies when I was interviewing. Wow. Um, I made it to the final interview, the final interview process of the first company, Boston Scientific, I was interviewing with and, and the, um, the man, the manager who I met with was like, you're too green, which means like, ultimately you don't have enough experience, oh, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I kept hearing that from people. Like I'm 26 interviewing for jobs that like, you don't find many people at that age in that job. And I only had three and a half, four years of work experience, you know? Yeah. So I finally, uh, my boss who lives in Pennsylvania took a, took a chance on me and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful. We got team of the year this year, which is something he's been chasing when he's been here for like 10 years, but just in and out of hospitals running around, like, you know, getting things in there that my family's using and, and just, uh, is affecting a lot of people. So I've been fortunate to be in sales now for seven years and, uh, you know, really kind of created my own path. And there's been a lot of no's, a lot of challenges, but man, it's made me who I am. I'm super grateful. That's awesome. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. And I always work. I feel like life has a way of working itself out in some yeah. sort of way and always sometimes leads to a better, better opportunity. And it sounds like everything worked out for you. I mean, after yeah. you got turned down from like six, seven jobs, it sounds like you got, you're with a great company now and things are working out great for you over there. Yeah. I mean, people like, right. Like when we face challenges, I feel like a lot of people get discouraged, which is common. Like it, yeah. it happens, but life, like, yeah like every no in my, like in the sales world, every no leads you closer to a yes. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that is the way I look at things. Like this, I wasn't the right fit for this position. Like they didn't think I was the right fit, but I can tell you when I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish at this company, I reach back to all my old managers, some old coaches, like thank them because I know I wouldn't be here. And I reached out to even managers that turned me down for that interviewed me for that role. And yeah. I was like, Hey, I, I made it to what I wanted to do. You know, you missed out. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I understand that I wasn't the right fit for that role, but I took it personal. It, it goes back to, to what I was saying before about, I hate to lose, man. Like yeah, I, yeah. winning, winning feels great, but winning wouldn't feel great without losing. Yeah. Like sure. if you don't know what losing's like, then winning wouldn't feel as good. It's like, you know, so. That's awesome. And how did you get into uh, coaching at EWG? Like how that, like, 
opportunity come up arise for you? Yeah. So, uh, Dave Delfino, like we had competed against each other in the past. Uh, you know, we were friends. We knew a lot of the same people. He's a great kid. Uh, you know, he got the head coaching job and randomly called me and, and asked me. Um, but on top of that, like, I, I got to give props to my wife, Melissa, man. Uh, to me, in my eyes, she's the best coach in Rhode Island. Like any sport, um, man, it's crazy. Like just to think of like, it blows my mind to think about like she coached two of the D1 top programs like in the state, like URI, a head coach, like province college head coach like division one like cheerleading coach like dude that's amazing that's mind-blowing to think about like yeah so she's definitely inspired me and you know one time I said to her like oh like cheerleading like you know you you coach cheerleading like I'm coaching and she's like it's not about the sport like it's about like what we're teaching people and like the life lessons that these kids learn and to see the relationships that she has with kids that she coached at URI and kids that she's made missed games because they were late to something like or kids that got kicked off the team like she's had to deal with it but people respect her because they know at the end of the day she made tough decisions and that's what it's about but at the end of the day she's made kids better like she's made the world a better place and she's a, a teacher in fall river phys ed teacher yeah and uh you know she works in a tough area but like you know her passion like her passion's like unmeasured. And that's, that's what really got me into it. Like seeing her passion for coaching and the differences she made is what, is what truly got me to this point. My twenties were truly selfish. Like they were about me making my world better, like to ultimately give back at this point. Right. Like my, my thirties and the rest of my life are, are to give back. Like, and I'm not looking to get paid and doing it. I'm not like, I'm just looking to make a difference. Like, and that's ultimately what, I want out of life moving forward. That's awesome. That's great. I think that's such a great mentality. And I know from our, our interview with uh, you and uh, coach Delfino and the rest of the staff was awesome. It just sounds like, you know, you guys have just a great staff all overall together over there. And also shout out to your wife because she was also on the podcast and she was just a great interview. And you could tell the passion when you spoke to her about how much she cared about the kids and everything that she did. It was awesome just speaking with her and like the experiences that she went through and you can definitely tell that like PCs and like great hands with everything that she's done and everything she did at URI. It's unfortunate it didn't work out there, but good. I'm happy that she's in a better place at uh, PC. Oh, believe me. She hears about it all the time. Like you left the roadie Rams to go over to the Providence Friars and yeah. you graduated and cheered at URI. That's yeah, man, that's messed up. You get a lot of heat for that. <laughs> yeah. But she, so. made, she, she explained, she explains why to, she explained why. And it made sense. And I, I'm glad that she did what she did. So she had to do. What yeah. She did. I got to throw some, I got to throw some, uh, you know, challenge her a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> but um, also there, there has been other people like Brand Apollo who I played with at, at, um, at Coventry. Like we both got, there was three of us that got recruited to actually go play at Elmira college where Brandon ended up playing in college. Yeah. Yeah. Talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we all got recruited to go play up there, but I didn't end up going, but Brandon's always been a good friend of mine. Like we've been playing, like I said, rec league since we were nine years old. Like, you know, he's made me better. Like he's pushed me to be better. Like he, he had early on in my life and uh, I'm grateful for it, but he's one of the reasons I want to get into coaching. It's funny, even though I'm assistant coach, I don't even know if I said this to Brand. I got my first high school coach and basketball win against Brandon at Coventry in the Coventry Winter Tournament last year. Yeah, you so he's gonna have to live with that. <laughs> he's, he's gonna have to live. But it was cool, man. It was cool to be back in the gym. Like we're on different benches, you know, coaching against each other. It's all love. Like to have other teachers there coming to watch the game and know us. Like to be there it was. It was humbling. It was a great experience. Yeah, Brandon's a hell of a coach, too. Uh, he's doing a great job over at North Smithfield and, like, everything over there. I'm just, like, what I'm learning, too, is I think all the coaches, too, in Rhode Island, and I had said this in another podcast, that it's a close-knit community, and I think it's something to do with Rhode Island being such a small state that it seems like all the coaches get along, and there's, like, you know, exchange information. Once they get to know each other and stuff, it, it's been really – really cool experience that and have those conversations with, you know, doing the round tables and stuff like that and speaking with other coaches. I'm like, I never would have even known 
Like I didn't even yeah. experience that in Connecticut as well, like as much. Like maybe Stone yeah. too. And like we would exchange it for the coaches would talk, but other than that, it's just like uh it's like it's you don't you don't get that in other places. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and to that point, like after college, like I wanted to get in with a big company like ADP and maybe move and travel, you mm-hmm. know. But um it worked out where I just ended up staying here, moved to Providence and uh you know, we love it. Like I love going out in public and seeing people that I knew in high school and that I competed against. And, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, like going to PC games and you just see, you see like everyone from all different walks of life that you've met along your path. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, a uh, it's, it's a cool experience, like being in Rhode Island and, uh, you know, everyone knows each other. Yeah. Um, even Melissa laughs, like when we go away, we, you know, Grand Canyon, like stuff that we've done this year. It's, I wear a Providence like shirt or like a Rhode Island uh, jersey or something. And I just love when people are like, we're from Rhode Island. Like we're, yeah. everyone has some type of tie and it's crazy, but I've truly learned to appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful for Rhode Island. We, we love it here. So. Me too. Yeah. I, I actually, it's funny that I wore a URI sweatshirt to when I was over in Italy yeah and in Florence I just crossed paths and these people were from Rhode Island it was like like what are the chances of that like they're like oh we're from Rhode Island it's like such a weird it's cool but like yeah I love the state it's 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 a great state it's like everyone knows it's like cheers everyone knows your name it's like everyone knows what's going on (laughs) yeah but that's why like you also gotta you gotta be careful right like we don't know uh yeah. I don't know you never know who's around I think like that's the the thing that young kids have to keep in mind right like any one mistake like could put you in a category like so you need to be careful when you're young not to think that you're invisible because with social media and everyone sees what you're doing right yeah. like we know these kids all around the state even though I might not know them by name or you know you see them and you know them and you just hope that they're making the right decisions to to set a good example and you know not thinking because when you're in high school and you know you're going to a state championship like you're on another level like you think you're in this world, but it's like, yo, it's Rhode Island. You're going to be around here. You got to make sure like you're treating people right and you're doing the right thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to leave a bad, uh, leave behind a bad legacy. Needless yeah. to say. Um, two more questions and then we'll wrap it up. Um, one, I, yeah, I think you kind of captured it in one of the, what you had said recently, what sweaters that you wear, your favorite basketball teams, college and professional. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be PC, right? And people always people always give me crap for it. They're like, well, you graduated from URI. I'm like, URI is a lot cheaper in state. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's the cheaper school. What do you want me to do? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For, I, I would say like, yeah, I know we talked about it earlier, but like coaches, I'm like a big fan of like Frank Martin, South Carolina, like yeah, yeah. just a tough guy. Like Marcus, I mean, uh, Shaka Smart, like at Texas now, like, these kids just play so hard for those coaches and those coaches are truly teaching life lessons that you can see, you know, some teams go through like the motions, but those teams like Frank Martin's teams are always prepared. And I I love that, you know, yeah. PC Friars is, has got to be, you know, it's, it's it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, they have, they always have a good squad coach Cooley. They're lucky to have coach Cooley. And the shocker smart thing is, um, I think they're all, I think they were like close to almost letting them go for rumors. And then now look at them. They're like number four, number three in the country. It's yeah. They're, they're tough this year, but yeah, you can, you can tell he's got some good leaders on the team and yeah. he's, uh, he's built a good culture there. Definitely. Definitely. And then, uh, what's the one, the last question, what's your favorite thing to do outside of basketball? Sorry. Yeah. So I talked a little bit about it before, right? Like, investment in in yourself is is truly the most important thing like work to me like working somewhere where I have room for growth and like where I need to challenge myself every day and get out of my comfort zone right like the only thing that's constant in life is change and you know I might have said that but um you know listening to podcasts like always self-improvement playing basketball is still something I love to do I still play a couple days a week I still love to compete um you know fitness like peloton workouts melissa and i love and do all the time we don't have the bike we just do like they have strength workouts on there and stuff yeah that's pretty cool that's yeah so uh 2020 like we ran our first half marathon which melissa and i do not enjoy running um (laughs) 
but just, you know, like something to, to challenge ourselves last year and give us a goal. Um, we went to the Grand Canyon and did the rim to rim there, which is like a 24 mile. Um, did Melissa talk about it? She told me about it. I was like, I can't. <laughs> that. That's like yeah. scary to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was South Rim, the North Rim. We finished in, I think, like under 12 hours or something, which was really good. We started at 3.30 in the morning with headlamps on and all that. Um, so just giving ourselves like things that continue challenging us. Um, I'm really big into like personal finances. Um, the last couple of years, like I've gotten into stocks and investments and stuff like that, which I think is super important for people to learn, you know, like, I think we get too caught up in, in stereotypes and, and you just see like, you know, big watches and these cars and, and like, that's what people are, you know, think that they should have. And like, that's not the stuff that's important in life. Like it's not like there's, there's a lot of other things, you know? Um, and then I talked a little bit about it too, like investments and relationships, like I'm always spending time trying to be around friends, like meeting new people. Um, I'm big on like when I'm leaving the gym, like you, you treat, you treat the janitor, how you treat like the CEO of a company, right? Like we can make the world a better place each and every day. I truly believe this by just like saying hi to someone or asking how they're doing. Like, I know it sounds like so, so basic and like, so, but all the stuff going on in the world, like we'd be wrong to be on this podcast and not mention like you know racial injustice and and feminism and and all this other stuff like it's real but like we have the district instead of posting on facebook about like i'm not a huge social media guy like instead of posting about like go out and do something like help a woman like open the door for someone like carry someone's groceries like there's so many little things that we can do like posting on facebook is not the answer (laughs) everyone has an opinion like go out go out and make a difference. Like we all have the opportunity to do that. Like I I don't care what, and we all have the opportunity daily to make a difference in someone's life, big or small. Like, um, it's true. So yeah. And the last thing, like I said, investment in yourself, investment in others, uh, relationships. And the last thing is investment in like finances. Um, cause I just believe that if you know, I do believe in financial freedom, like money controls a lot of people life, people's lives, like it's the elephant in the room, right? Like, we all, we all know that it's an issue. We all know that they don't teach in schools, like maybe what they should be teaching in these areas. But like, there's people out there that want to help, like, and I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I don't want anything in return. Like, if someone's got questions, reach out to me on social media, like, I'll give you my number, you can text call me like, that's an area where we need to start teaching the youth early on. Like I firmly believe that. I'm, full, I'm right there with you. That's that was always been like my number one. Ever since I got into the finance world, I'm like, I never knew this. Like, yeah. I wish- and you learn on your own. There's yeah. no like step-by-step yeah, process yeah, for it, yeah. but like people who make mistakes, like we need to teach others, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So, but my big thing, like in, in life too, it's just health, wealth, and mindset, man. Like, yeah basketball people still when I play basketball today I'm trying to get in my opponent's heads like people always say you're always running your mouth you're always because I learned early on in life that I can get the best player in the game out of their head and it's going to throw off their whole game yeah and that's life right like people always say like I never get too high I never get too low like I control what I can control like to me that's that's my life like you'll never see me super excited you'll never see me super low like I stay even keel because I control what I can control and that's it. And I've learned that every day I'm going to go through some type of struggle, some type of challenge. Like I've accepted that every single day, I'm going to get a no, something is going to happen that I didn't expect to happen, but it's how do you come back from that always? And I think sports, basketball, everything that I've talked about today, basketball has helped me realize, you know, all of that in some way. And the longer you play in life and the longer you stay in it, you can you can see how it tracks back across every path of your life you know yeah yeah definitely well that's awesome man i mean super inspirational like the hard work the grind that everything you put into and it's awesome that now that you're giving back to the community and like i said the the ewg players and you know or wherever you coach to as well is is very lucky to have you um have them in their lives and you know, you can pass down those life experiences that work experience that work minds, the hard work mindset and everything that you have experienced and help, 
you know, you could definitely help someone's life out. And hopefully this podcast is like helps someone that's listening as well too, and realizes what they can do after listening to this, because this is super inspirational. I mean, you, you've definitely been through it and you definitely made everything work in your life. This has been a great, great episode. A hundred percent, man. I, I greatly appreciate you having me on and anything I can help with, uh, you know, I'm here for you too. So anything we can do, I, I feel like always, you know, I, I've always hated growing up, like you hate on little things going on in Rhode Island, hate yeah. when people are trying to do something, but I'm at the point in my life where like, I support anything local. Like I, you know, we, we should all want the best for each other and we should all do what we can to help each other out. So what I love what you're doing, man. I, I look forward to, you know, the growth that you have and what you continue doing. So thank you for having me on. Yeah. Anytime, man. Anytime you guys want to come on anytime. I'm always here for you guys too. And I really appreciate the support you and uh, Melissa have been very super supportive to me. So it means a lot to me and I'm, I'm always happy to hear that. <laughs> appreciate it, man. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Jeff. You too. No problem. All right. That was my interview with coach Tomiko. Great interview with coach. Uh, he's doing great things over there with EWG as they have a great season and continue to have a great season this year. So really enjoyed our conversation and him and his wife are just two great people and I appreciate their support of the podcast and I appreciate what they're doing out for the community on uh, just some things they have told me what they're doing out in the community and some ideas that they have. So great for them and uh, continue to do what they're doing on Friday. I have a great interview for you guys today with Tolman Lyman for football for Tolman's football team. Uh, Lyman Glenn Sharp. Great interview with Glenn. Just a great kid. I enjoyed our conversation. Um, so much fun. Just just so much fun. Just just a great kid overall. Really enjoyed our conversation. He can brighten up brighten up a room in any conversation. And he talks about Tolman's quest for a ring in Division Three as they fell short last year in, in the, the finals. So hopefully good things to come their way this year as their season approaches. So don't miss that interview with Glenn. And... Sunday, I have another, you know, another the Sunday we have two live shows for you. So we have the Sunday morning recap for boys basketball, and then at noon I am bringing to you uh, members of the girls uh, Johnson Johnson girls basketball team with their head coach Megan Real. Great interview with them, a lot of fun. Um, Sunday morning basketball show starts at 10 a.m. Also as well too. Both events are going to be on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. So follow us on YouTube. Follow us on our Twitch channel with the Roadie Runback. Um, and pay attention. Be on the lookout for those great, great episodes overall. Um, <laughs>